Well, we're going to look on, we'll move on and uh, look at another issue. Um, Kira, the Journal uh, have a story today detailing how thousands of disqualified drivers had been ordered to surrender their license in the past three years and have ignored the uh, the legal requirement mm. to do so. How many t- le- how many disqualified drivers? First of all, are we talking about? Yeah. So the the figures that were provided uh, via uh, Aintoon leader Patter Tobin um, of the twenty one thousand. Um, that were found disqualified off the road and were put off the road between 2021 and 2023. Only 5,000 actually surrendered their uh, driver licence and he was essentially saying that this suggests, he's suggesting that um, this must mean that the people still have the cars out in their, on their front lawn and that they possibly could be still be driving their cars and questioning as to why this hasn't happened and why people aren't essentially hand, handing in um, their licences and why it's not being followed up on um, the piece uh, from the journal. Also, they went to the Garda Press office and the Garda Press office came back to say that, you know, that they've hired 15,000 uh, scanners. Um, the technology has been tested in Dublin East, Loud, Cavan and parts of Monaghan that effectively can scan registrations on cars and their licences as well. And that they're trying to work, you know, I suppose at a capacity and a greater speed to ensure that people who are disqualified from driving uh, have to hand up you know, their licences. The piece also talks about um, campaigner of road safety. Um, his, uh, Leo, I think his name is Leo Ligago. His his daughter, a 16-year-old, she was killed by um, a woman driving a car who essentially was already on a driving ban and he's calling for, you know, to ensure that cars are impounded essentially when they're found that, you know, in cases where people are, should be disqualified from driving in order to ensure that um, those who have been put off the road are off the road for good. Uh, so the, the figures, when I read them, to be quite honest with you, I was startled by them. There are like 21,000 between uh, two, three years is quite a significant figure. And essentially, a two leader, Padder Tobin, asking, how is this allowed to continue? Uh, Louise O'Reilly, that just uh, what Kira was mentioning there, Leo Liego's daughter, Marcia, died at the age of 16. When that happens to people, it's traumatic enough, but sometimes they feel that if there is a legacy there, if there's greater enforcement, then at least that death served to highlight a problem that was later solved. When news like that comes out today and uh, a family in that situation hears that, it, it's it's an appalling slap in the face for people, isn't it? It, it is. And uh, to, to, to Leo Legeo and to his family, um, I'm sure when they when they read those figures, given their own, you know, the the, the loss of, of Marcia, when they read those figures, I'm, I'm sure they just, well, I would imagine they, they, they felt despondent and, you know, as a, you're right what you say, you know, when when there is a tragedy on the road, the, the hope is that there will be a lesson learned out of it. But, you know, if there's 21,000 mm. disqualified drivers and only 5,000 of them surrendering their licence, that, that's an issue. Um, the bigger issue is the one around resourcing and, and you know, a, a visible guard presence um, on our roads. That is absolutely necessary. There are fewer guards on the roads now than there were, um, than there has been for several years. I think that's a problem. They have a system. That system works in terms of the scanners that needs to be rolled out. It should be resourced and the training needs to be given. And, you know, so that 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 people can know that if there is a process that you go through in the courts, that that is then followed through on. I mean, and I don't think the suggestion is that there's 16,000 people who are actually driving around. But the, the point being, if you're disqualified from, yeah, if you're disqualified from driving, then 
I would have assumed naively on my part and I, I hold my hand up to this but I would just have assumed you would automatically have, have to surrender your licence that it would that it would just simply be taken from you but more than that what is more important because your licence you, you could lose it you know it's, a, it's, it's only a card what's more important is that the, the scanners and the systems are used to actually monitor the level uh, the, the level at which people are re-offending when they're put off the road but all too often we read in the paper about a person who is, has committed a road traffic offence while they were on uh, a driving ban and I just think for the certainly for the families of, of the victims of road tragedies when they hear that I can only imagine how desperate they must feel and you know how, how futile it must seem the campaigns they have to come to something they have to mean something and that has to be resources visible guard of presence on our road and also the use of technology quickly and you know yes it has to be trialled yes but if it's working then move it out quickly resource it train on Garda Shia to use it and actually try to, right. to make that difference in reducing the number of road deaths Verona Murphy the you know 5,000 surrendered their licence out of 21,000 disqualified maybe some people left them in the drawer and never you know never drove again thereafter but it, it's, it might seem strange to people that it's, it's not surrendered in court the day they're banned Quite often I would have spent quite a lot of time in the courts when I worked with the solicitor and the reality is often they don't even come to court. Uh, They may have legal representation but they are banned there and then if they're not there to hand in their licence it just doesn't get followed up. I mean it's ironic that we can follow and go to people's houses and check their TV licence and we have names and addresses on the system for people who have driving licences and we can't enforce that. I mean the reality here is that we can't assume that everybody that hasn't handed in their licence is driving but it's safe to say that they are obliged in law to hand their licence in and if that doesn't happen it's the equivalent in my mind of not turning up in court where a warrant would be issued make good use of court time and we we just don't have the Garda resources to do it and I think we might be far better um, given the amount and the increase in our road debts to start to look at a system whereby we knock on the door of the last known licence holder or address of the licence holder and retrieve the licence and issue a summons on foot of not doing what they should and are obliged to do in law. But I also think that there is a, a job here for the RSA They are the Road Safety Authority and I haven't seen this brought to the attention of anybody by the RSA and I'm getting more and more concerned every day. I know I said a year and a half ago that the RSA should be disbanded. They were so inept at what they do. But I think this is further a recognition of that. If they are not taking command of this situation from a road safety perspective, we really need to look at the structures that I they suppose have in their, place. Their role is pretty much awareness raising, isn't it? They're, they're not an agency with an enforcement role. No, but they are an agency that should bring it to the government's attention. And this is particular to my mind. I mean, the NPR system, we can't start to impound cars. For a start, where would we store 21,000 cars? But also that might be a family car. One person may be banned from driving it. It doesn't mean that everybody is. But I think, there, believe it or not, a lot of people, and I discussed it today, 
are not aware that if they have acquired 12 points that they have to actually relinquish their licence. They just believe they're off the road and they don't do anything and they wait till they get a letter that says they're no longer off the road and they didn't know that they had to hand in their licence. Some some people I think... uh, But you see you don't have to go to court for penalty points. You can actually lose your licence without ever entering the court. If you attain 12 points you'll get a letter. You may get a letter because they're not registered to say that you should relinquish your licence or hand it in. Most people don't know that. I came across two people today who said they had no lift back because if they went and handed in their licence, they had nobody to bring them back. And subsequently, they didn't think it was an offence and they just stayed off the road. I think we have to look at the system and improve it. There's lots of room for improvement. Uh, Gardner, the other figure, of course, uh, and this uh, drawn to our our attention again by a listener, uh, Joe, texting in to say, not surprised so many didn't hand up their licence when disqualified. There are over 180,000 driving without insurance. I mean, it's they're they're put together. They're they're pretty stark figures. I'm sure a, there could be a high degree of crossover, but um, yeah, yeah, I suspect so. Like I, I naively thought as well that you would hand in your license when in court, or if you're being represented by someone in court, that would seem the obvious thing to do. I think we'd be also naive to think that the five thousand that did hand in their license, that there aren't a number of those, a small percentage of those that might be driving on the road anyway, uh, even without a license in hand. Um, but you know, I think we should. The be fact familiar. that they take the chance, though, shows that there there is an enforcement issue. Numbers in the guard, the traffic corps uh, are down. Although, yeah, no, the they are. But but you know, we had a recruitment process uh, just recently that closed, and we had six six and a half thousand uh, people shown interest in in joining the guard, coming to Tipperary to Templemore, um, which is which is positive, um, and actually expanding the age beyond thirty five up to up to fifty to join to join in Garda Siakana, I think has been quite positive. Um, so numbers will obviously increase and we hope by the end of the year to get up to close to 15,000. Um, and that will obviously help the road traffic side of the Gardaí. Um, but the figures are quite startling. That it, it, it does pose a question though, like over the last couple of months we've seen a number of measures being brought to Cabinet. Um, one by the Junior Transport Minister, Jack Chambers, um, who was looking at increasing penalty points at bank holiday weekends we have seen a lot of commentary about um, dangerous driving on our roads there has been an increase increase in road traffic deaths um, sadly by a lot of young people you know we're still reeling over the situation that's happened a couple of weeks ago in um, County Carlow in my home county um, and just in terms of what I've heard in the panel tonight is it it might be the case that other measures need to be looked at in a bid to try and reduce deaths on the road. Like in that journal piece, they pointed to two cases in the last month that were heard in court whereby there were driving offences um, by drivers who already had been disqualified or had driving offences against them and should never have been on the road. And here they were up in court again. So I just wonder, maybe, is the government looking at uh, the wrong measures here in terms of how to prevent and look at preventing road traffic accidents on uh, on our roads because we it's been you know a top of conversation even in the all in recent months they've been looking at a number of measures um and, I, and a lot of TDs would be saying to me as well that actually what the government need to focus on more is uh actually you know bettering our roads itself that you know with black spots um that they can't get funding released for certain roads to be uh, managed and just just when you hear like government representatives and opposition TDs talking about they didn't realise uh, what is the case with disqualified drivers and their licences, like that just shows that 
there's something missing here. Well, it's already, I think what's missing here is uh, is enforcement and. But uh, even if there is enforcement, even if there's a checkpoint, even if somebody gets breathalysed and they get, you know, even if if they are disqualified, even if people get caught with a speeding ban and there's penalty points, the point here seems to be that 180,000 people continue driving without insurance and up to 16,000 people. And as you said yourself, Colm, you know, they they obviously feel uh, that they can take that chance, you know, and the deterrent there is the Garda car, the well-resourced Gardaí, the Garda car with the resources that they need, with the uh, with the technology to scan and to record. I mean, it, it is ridiculous that, uh, you know, that this is being trialled, but it doesn't seem to be rolled out. Everything I know, but I suppose the, the point the point before that is, you know, people have called for enforcement to try and do something uh, about speeding. And they're talking about more speed vans and awarding people's penalty points. But it seems the more robust end of the enforcement that when people you know, up to 16,000 of them, according to these figures, transgress even beyond being disqualified. You know, what can be done with that? People who who seem uh, encouraging. We're we're sitting here at the moment, so we know that of the 21,000 disqualified drivers, 5,000 of them have surrendered their licence, meaning 16,000 haven't. But we we are all of the, the same mind when we say we don't know how many of those people are driving around, but there is certainly a significant number when you look at the 180,000 with no insurance who feel that it is worth taking that chance. They feel it's worth taking that chance because the under-resourcing of Angarda Siakana, the fact that while there is minimal efforts on recruitment, the the recruitment targets are not met, retirements are also increasing. Angarda Siakana will tell you, members of Angarda Siakana will tell you that they're finding it difficult, they can't find anywhere to live, they are as much victims of the government's housing crisis as anything else. So we need to have a properly, fully resourced Garda Siakana. We also need to have the technology to give them the technology that they need to do their job and to do that level of enforcement. But 180,000 people that don't have insurance on their car who are potentially driving around, that's 180,000 right. people who believe it's worth I that But for all of you, if there's 180,000 people without insurance, we also have to assume that there are people, a large cohort of them have no tax or NCT as well. I mean, the condition of those vehicles that some of them, a cohort of those people uh, would be driving must be desperate. Well, look at desperate or not, they're not abiding by the law when most. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're a, dan- they're a danger to, to other drivers. Absolutely, but it does come down to enforcement, and there's no doubt about it. It's the same as bringing in lower speed limits that aren't going to be policed. It's pointless, and I take what Kira says very seriously because I I have never seen anything like the escalation in the call volume to my office with regard to roads subsidence, the weather we've had, the rain we've had, the frost we've had. I mean, the roads are in a dreadful state and it doesn't appear to be even on the radar as a road safety issue, but it is a huge issue. And we're not just talking about, I know what we're talking about here is whether or not people can abide by the law when they lose their licence. We don't actually know that they're driving. What we do know is they haven't handed in their licence. The RSA, I can tell you, have not advised government in relation to this being a factor. How do you know that? Because we have no reports. I've asked questions on it before as to where the RSA are on when it comes to advising government on insurance, on all of these issues, uh, on hedge cutting. If, if there was sufficient enforcement, issue. would you support, for example, the reduction in speed limits? If you thought that that, that would be enforced, would you, would you support it? Absolutely, yes. With, I mean, look at a speed limit is already well known to be a speed limit, not a speed to be achieved. So I don't think that in many instances, people who break the speed limit have to be penalised in a fashion where it has 
an impact on them. If it's somebody who's driving without a licence, it has no impact on them whatsoever. And if it's somebody who is driving continually without a licence, we have to look at whether or not the penalty is sufficient to deter. And that seems to be the issue here. I mean, if somebody kills somebody whilst driving without a licence, the licence issue is only secondary to the fact that they're on a manslaughter charge. You touched on NCTs. One of the biggest challenges at the moment is even getting an NCT within six months of, of applying for it. But ro- Gary, like road standards, if you're not part no, no, of the no. government, well, we, we don't run the NCT. But but in terms of in terms of uh, road infrastructure, one of the challenges we have actually is funding and road infrastructure. And in the last year, we've had some of the most tragic road road accidents in Tipperary, particularly around the Leven Cert. Uh, and Verona would be uh, familiar with with the N24 from Limerick down to Waterford and Rosslare. And it's a very very dangerous. road road with an awful lot of accidents and we're constantly fighting to get funding to to develop that and to to improve it um so you know it's 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 about getting more money to to, to improve roads in but rural just, areas just on, on, on sort of one the one of the the, the parts of your brief on on uh, on enterprise garda and like 180,000 people without insurance. Here's figures about people, you know, driving disqualified there's you know people with no NCTs there's uh the uh the the amount that the motor insurance bureau pays out, the level of risk that's in the system must bleed through into people's insurance premiums. Everybody must who is a compliant driver must be bearing a burden for this. Do we know the the extent of that? Well, most most insurances are dropping, but but well, the, the, the worry the worry for the 180,000 people driving with no insurances is, like, almost everyone's working. That means there's loads of people going to work every morning with no insurance. Like, there, there's obviously... There's, the there's obviously... insurance is dropping. There, there's, there's, I, just, I mean, hang on there. There's obviously a cohort who just don't increases. care about the law. Well, Gareth, you know? where did you get the assertion that insurance is dropping? I am inundated with people telling me their insurance has jumped by 40% for no reason, no claims. They are, so clearly, it is ringing true that we, everybody who is insured is carrying the burden for those who aren't. No, but that's we don't always have the case. proper always statistics. Always people who pay insurance we are carrying the burden for accidents People who aren't paying insurance. That, that's, that just, happens regardless I, of how many I people pay insurance. Louise O'Reilly, do, do, do you welcome uh, the, the uh, initiative at least that insurance companies would have greater access uh, to information on driver records so that at least compliant drivers see some benefit to being compliant drivers and at least those who are risky drivers bear a burden uh, as a result well, I would, of this? I would tend to, to disagree on the issue about insurance coming down because it certainly isn't coming down for everyone. That is not a universal experience and I have been contacted by constituents in my own area who tell me that their insurance has gone up. They say they have had no accidents. Uh, so anything that can be done to improve transparency in the area of insurance and to, you know, to actually reflect a person's driving record and have that reflected in reduced premiums is, is of course, welcome. But, you know, I mean, it's it's all very well for, you know, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, Garrett, but for the government representative to come in and say he's fighting for uh, for, for roads in one area or another area. I mean, let's be honest, who are you fighting with? I mean, are you fighting with your own government? Who who are, who are you scrapping well, it out with? Like, it's quite simple. Like, there's, there's too many road projects to do for the lack of funding that's actually there to complete them. So there's a set amount of money that's that. Min- so you say the right. government should nominate the ones that they're not going to do and just fest. Well, no, I know what I'm saying is we should prioritise roads based on safety. And the road that I was speaking about, which is a really right. important link between Waterford, between Waterford that. and Limerick, and you have to fight with them first. Well, it's well, well, I think like, well, like well, there's a lot of roads that are important, they, they, but like I think we should do it based on safety rather than based and just on numbers. Share that view, no. uh, well, like okay. there's a All number right. of views oh. that people look at in terms of priority, how many cars are going through a road, how important the link is. 
yes. Okay. All right. Okay. But I think safety should be high. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We're back after this. Having a look at the Defence Forces Representative Associations and the Congress of Trade Unions in front of the Committee on Foreign Affairs and Defence. That's coming up after this. The Late Debate with Colm O'Mungan on RTE Radio 1.